<laughs> and they call me a split personality. Mr. Wayne, you really are the world's greatest detective. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat! Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels issue 144, the comic book show that should never ever reveal its browser history. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Dave Longo. Or are we? In this issue, (laughs) the new 52 is dead. Long live the multiverse. As Richard attempts to explain the end of convergence to the Davids. Also, the One Million Moms group has urged Fox not to screen Lucifer. Either they're against the satanic content or they've suddenly developed really good taste. Then it's the rules of Fight Club 2. Alan Moore doing Lovecraft in Providence. Images material. The battle lines of Secret Wars and more in what we've been reading plus our kick-ass pick of the week the private eye by brian k vaughan and marcos martin this is behind the panels from the dusty mesa her looming shadow Gotta love the true detective theme. Absolutely, we're actually Dave free at the moment. We're completely Dave free. He's 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 escaped he and now he's come us straight I'm back. back. Yeah. There he is. You know, I was, saying it, it, I was saying to my lovely wife Katie in the other room that it helps if you're doing a comic book podcast to actually have the comic book. Comic book yeah. <laughs> no, look, I I didn't want to say anything, but you that know, is such a good theme song in, for oh, that show. Oh, I can't man. wait for season two because oh. it's just going to be a completely yeah. different direction. I think, but. You know, I still, can't wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those of you who haven't, those of you who did we mention that it was True Detective? There was this show last year. It was called <laughs> True Detective. Have you started seeing on the promos, <laughs> for, on the promos for Foxtel? They're starting to show little. Bites I know of it's, it? it's like end of June, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not far away. Very, very excited. Uh, David, last week we had a bit of success with uh, playing some of our feedback up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we have a bit of a visit from the girls? We can do that again this week. You mean her? Hey, girl. How you doing? Speaking of girls, last week we had a um, bit of feedback uh, from Scott Kirkton who was saying that he really thought that we needed a female perspective on our things. We put it out there uh, to our audience to say, well, look, if you are interested in coming on the show, because we can't really go out there and go, hey, you're a girl, be a girl on our show. Come and represent all girls. Yeah, be represent all women, (laughs) your opinion, go. So we put out there. So, but still, if you're interested, if the, and, and the criteria we put out there, we said, look, someone who's interested in comic books um, is willing to come on, you know, weekly or as often as they can. We tend to record on weekends, and ideally, someone in Sydney would be great. Uh, but we got a, a message from a longtime listener, Sharky, Sarah Sharky, Kay, and he said, "Hey, lads, in response to uh, the feedback section on your last show, I put my hand up. I'm a girl. I read comics. I'm awesome, but sadly, I'm not in Sydney." I will be in Sydney for about a week in August and would love to catch up and talk geek. I also think a girl's voice would be cool, especially in books like Rat Queens or even Sex Criminals. Keep up the ace work. Love Sharky. When do we happen to be doing Sex Criminals? I'll have to look at the schedule. But <laughs> August! August! We, 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 we well, might wait, actually wait. put it in yeah. to make sure that we do it might around rotate then. that around just a little bit just to make sure she's here. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really good. Uh, so, yeah, so that's if you've got any more feedback along those lines, feedback at behindthepanels.net or leave us a voicemail on... Sit on Geek Actually on Skype, all one word, which is fixed in the show notes now. 
Um, oh, goody. Or Sydney number 0280114167. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Um, I think I think that's it for the feedback section. We didn't get a massive amount of feedback this week, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we did. I think the last episode did quite well. I think it did. I think it did. The, so we'll move uh, feedback up to the head um, as a top of the show. I quite like thing. that. Yeah. I had this crazy idea that I was going to move around the entire show and, like, do the pick of the week first and then... Um, and you then know. somebody slapped you. And then and then JD just said to me last night, "Why why why mess with the formula, dude? It's working." That's what I said. And I said, "Yeah, okay, fair enough." <laughs> don't make change for change's sake. Mm. Well, you know, one some things remain constant, as is the vintage clip of the week. Oh, <laughs> you know what else remains constant? The the, the the malfunctioning soundboard that I've got here in front of me. You know what? I'll just pretend that we're, we're going to cut that, but we won't. It, you know, it wouldn't no, be a Geek no. Action show if we mm. didn't have soundboard <laughs> malfunctions. That, that was the clip. It was just a really odd That was That was clip. the sounds of beep. beep. <laughs> that was an odd vintage clip. Was. Was where, was, where was the feedback that said, could Dave shut up about Secret Wars? Like, <laughs> I was expecting a, a slew of hate mail. No, we, actually, we, had we didn't get any. Oh. We only had 10. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was kind of like, dude. Get that guy away from the microphone. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. No. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try that again. The real vintage clip of the real week. This is Spymaster Command Belt. Shh. It has 11 secret devices. Spymaster Command Belt puts action all around you. Get it free with these special Spymaster seals from six different post serials. Spymaster Trick Camera is really a pair of binoculars. And now you change it into a Spymaster Communicator. It's free with these special Spymaster seals from Post Serials. Spymaster Periscope hides you, but not your view. Spymaster Blinker Buckle flashes your code. Spymaster Compass finds your position. Spymaster Decoder unscrambles the message. Spymaster Command Belt with 11 secret devices free with special Spymaster seals from Post. Go to your grocer's post serial display. Get six different post serials and send in the spy master seals for your spy master command belt. Shh. Free from post serials. I gotta say, you know, from coming from an American point of view, Australia just has never had fun with breakfast cereal. No. <laughs> How many times do you need to say spy master? <laughs> and it's eleven herbs and spices. I love, I love like the, the hippie bongos in the background. <laughs> I like the spy master belt blinking to guide you in. No, sorry, I didn't say it. Yeah, because it, it said, you know, yeah. you can it, it flashes to find your position. And it and it, it, it put it puts action all around you. So <laughs> like, ladies, I'm wearing my spy master belt. When so. I was when I was in uh, Amer- <laughs> when I was in America in 2007, I visited the cereal aisle of a supermarket as you do because you know it's cereal is amazing, and, and in America they have literally an entire aisle of cereal. It's like the end and of there's so many of the lost different. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Wait, excuse me, where do you have the cornflakes? Oh, they're, they're kept somewhere. There's safe. actually a, safe. There's, they're actually in good hands. <laughs> <laughs> Damon is trolley down the aisle. Top. 
people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was actually a breakfast cereal that we bought when we were there because we were fascinated, which was actually chocolate chip cookies. It was just little tiny chocolate oh, chip cookies brilliant. that you put into a bowl my, and pour milk on top. My of. question off the back of that is after collecting six boxes of post cereal, would the spy master belt still fit? <laughs> Get your special spy master extension belt. You can just imagine all these large comic book guy type people wearing their tight little spy master Yeah, it's belt. like in that, dear, that dear, um, dear post cereal. <laughs> My spy master belt failed to fit. Do you remember when Bart has the the utility belt, like in that episode of The Simpsons, and it's like got indicators on it, <laughs> and it sends up a little like rocket of SOS. <laughs> it's like help. He's about to be beaten up, and it's like I'll call for help. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and, and the bullies are like, he's turning left. <laughs> and he goes right. Now, <laughs> it's like, my uh, mom won't buy me one. We can't afford it. I wear a, I wear a cable. Around my waist. <laughs> oh, wait a pants, no pants. Oh god, oh, don't make me laugh so much. I'm too sick to laugh. <laughs> oh, we we do we do have a sick day. <gasps> oh man, well, bless you. I'm gonna cough and splutter my way through this. I'll be all right. Struggle, struggle on. I'm struggling on. Do it. Do Swallow, it. Dave. For the think of the children. <laughs> Well, we're we're going to bravely go in to what we've been reading. I've been wa- no, no, <laughs> or, or, or what we've been watching. Apparently, <laughs> oh god, you can see. You your, know, your, this is why we need a holiday. Yeah. Right? Your, your your illness has has affected me deeply. <laughs> I'm going to try that again. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. Problem is, the first book on this list I can't talk about. <laughs> we, we again, Fight Club Two. We can't talk about no, it. That's no, it. that's on. the first rule. Okay, <laughs> we, we, we should. It, it's it's bloody brilliant. It is amazing. It is. It, it, Chuck Palahniuk's actually written it. It's a sequel to the book. Um, the art is Cameron Stewart and Dave Stewart, and uh, it is sweet dreams were made. <laughs> this. It, it it is absolutely phenomenal. Like just little things like. When they're talking about how how fogged up he's, you've got pills just obscuring whole images on there <laughs> and obscuring and words. They're just yeah. sitting over the speech bubbles and stuff. I just got to say, it's like the best comic book I've read in ages, and I and I'm biased because yeah. like I've I've collected Chuck Palahniuk since about 2000. I've read every book he's ever written, and I I'm like the first day Chuck Palahniuk guy, and um yeah, so I had to get an imprint, and it just it lived up to everything like. Yeah, no, yeah. I, it's it's everything it's, I wanted. Um, it's in just a, incredible. I was yeah. really skeptical about. There's this. some there's some on the nose like quotes to the Fight Club one. I guess we're going to start calling it now. <laughs> um, but like even then, they're on the nose to the point where it just makes you just happy. It would be like, Fight Club Earth like, One oh, book so one. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I mean, and just the style of this, the, just the layouts are so clever. There's one page in here that's got like 15 panels on it, like when he's going through. And it's just it's just phenomenal. And there's also like when he finally has that moment. Oh no, that's right. She she's wishing that he'd have a, a explode a mental explosion the same way that his apartment exploded. <laughs> and and the way that's depicted on screen is just his head literally exploding with IKEA furniture flying out of it. It's just <laughs> it's just amazing. Like it's just one of the most it's one of the few books I've read. Um where it is, yeah, it's 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 got fifteen things, and it's just to 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 emphasize the monotony of suburbia. It's it's three rows of five slender panels. It's just 
repetition over and over again. I think my favorite moment in this book, though, has to be when she goes to the support group for the, yeah. the kids with the degenerative Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. seven. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of yeah. like, that's, you know, I'm yeah. 35, but I wouldn't yeah. even pass for that. <laughs> Emotionally, I'm Emotionally. <laughs> but it, it feels necessary. That's that's the thing that, like, I, I was worried about. It's yes. like, and I, and I, because I'm, I'm such a Chuck Polnick fan, it's like, I, I know better than to think he's like a washed up, yeah. like, poor writer that needs, needs a sale like um like he's he's still a, a bestseller author that's very comfortable mm. like writing books and he pumps out like two a year he actually and so so this doesn't come from like a <laughs> i need to sequelize fight club because that's a known property and i'll get money you like, know what he said i saw him at a panel at um, emerald chimney comic-con mm. and it was like him and all the artists like there it was dark horse did a, a great panel there and i wrote up a little bit about it on the site and he actually said if i'm going to be doing this fight club thing if we're going to be talking about this fight club thing for the rest of my life I should continue the story. Mm. And and to me, this is kind of like what Clerks did, Clerks 2 did. Mm. It's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the Fight Club was about 20s angst and not having anything to be angry about. And this is middle age and monotony and 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 having this rage still inside you and not knowing what to do and, and suppressing it. Mm. And it's suddenly coming out, yeah, yeah. you know. And what we actually find out about what Tyler Durden's been up to all this time as well is interesting <laughs> as well. And, it's, and I think it's like a masterstroke, like doing it as a as a comic book too. Yeah. Because like, it, like I got a couple things just to say on this. The first is like that it acts as a sequel to the movie and the comic. Yes. So- like so it, I haven't it, read the book, so not the comic. For me, sorry, the book, for me the book. I'm actually coming yeah. in as a sequel to and, the and it, movie, and, it and the, fine. the book, mm. the book and the movie are very like almost identical, except for the ending. Like, the, like we should say, okay, yeah. we'll say what the ending is for the for, for the book now, because the book, the movie mm-hmm. ends with them standing, looking at all the buildings exploding around them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the buildings don't actually explode in the, the novel, but either way, he ends mm-hmm. up in an asylum well, at the end of the yeah, first one. Well, but it's kind of like people are walking up to him, going, "Don't worry, Mister Durden." Well, we in, remember sort of thing. In, in, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a direct sequel to the book either. No, he though. said That's it is. Thing. He yeah. said it, it is. Because my, so. my memory of the book, I might be wrong, but my memory of the book was that he died and went to heaven in the end. No, I think that's a. I think that the final. I'm pretty sure I reread the ending of the book, and it was because in the in the beginning of this, they keep referring to him being in the asylum. asylum and I think yeah. is that what he said? Maybe right. the the heaven yeah. thing was a metaphor. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. It's because I haven't read it since like 2001 or yeah. something crazy long like that. But um. But yeah, the other thing I was just going to say is like, this is not a novelist just, you know, dumping out a comic book. Nope. This is like someone who's like clearly like, if he hasn't been reading comics his whole life, which I think he may have. He lives in Portland. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Like if if not, he's clearly gone and just read a crap ton of comic books in research and preparation because mm-hmm. it's so it's so plotted out and, and paneled and. It's expertly done. There's no exposition dumps, which is very strange coming from a novelist who only works in prose. He addressed like, that. He addressed that. Mm-hmm. He actually said he he cut when he when he saw the art coming back, he started cutting stuff out, oh, realizing so he yeah. didn't have to do that. And he said, I didn't want to be precious with my words mm. and realized that, oh wow, this is a collaborative medium. Yeah. I can let the pictures tell the words. And the thing I really like about this is he's let um, Cameron Stewart and Dave Stewart just go. You you work out how that's represented, yeah, and and you work out the best way it's represented on page because I don't think he would have gone, you know, insert circle panel arrow mm. whatever. He would just let them work let, out, let them do you it, know. yeah, do that thing, do your thing, you know, and it and it works, mm. it works brilliantly. Like, and then you get these explosive splash pages, yeah, like you know the sex scene that you've got open there, 
it, it's every bit as as wild as that three sixty degree panning sex scene mm. from the from the <laughs> from the film. From the film yeah. You know, it's wild. I love this book. Yeah, and it's just it's so rich. It's so I don't know. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's almost really book. really an incredible incredible book. I love it. I love every inch of it. I'm glad. I'm so glad this thing came. And I, I'm not buying this. I'm the only disappointing this. thing is is that it, it can't be like a new novel from Paul and Nick. You can't just get it and just four hours later you're finished. Yeah, I can't like, remember how many know. parts. Does it say how many? I think parts it's going to be gonna, eight. I believe eight parts. Cool. I think. Yeah, yeah and that cover. Nice trades. So. There's a lot of variant covers. That one by that one's by Lee Bermejo, which is beautiful. Mm. Can you show me that cover? Yeah, it's different to the one I've got. Yeah, yeah I went and picked it up because I need to get it day one. You know, the standard covers like the David Mack cover. Which is that cover there? So, which you'll, which is the one you'll see on most yeah, of the artwork. Yeah, I think that's the one I've got. Yeah, this um, is the only one they had on the shelf at the store. So, yeah. So, I oh, look, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, uh, but from from that to um, Alan Moore's latest book, which is I didn't even know this was coming out. I'm yeah. spewing. I didn't get to read this. Yeah, uh, Providence, uh, which they were out of stock. Is oddly, isn't that that they're out of stock? On Providence, Did, but they I, had heaps of Fight Club too. Yeah. That's very strange. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though because it's Avatar Press, and no one seems to stock Avatar Press very well. Mm. Um, I don't know what the story is there because I've asked them about this before, and they said, "Yeah, we don't really get um, a lot of Avatar." Well, it Press is in. a very small company because well. God is Dead is still running, which is the Jonathan Hickman mm. book, and they don't get many of those. But um, Providence, uh, and and remember, people, we live in Australia; we we, we don't have a lot of comic book stores to no. go to here. Um, Providence is. Um, I ended up getting this on Comicsology. So um, this I've is Alan di- Moore's. I've got it digitally as well. Yeah. So, so this is this is Alan Moore's um, Lovecraftian book, kind of. Although you wouldn't know that from the first issue. It's kind of Lovecraft, but it's also kind of based around Chalmers. Chalmers or Chambers? Is it Chambers? Uh, the King in Yellow. Chambers. Chambers. It's also kind of based, but it's also this guy investigating the story that the King in Yellow is based on. So it gets very Lovecraft. The French Chambers. Book. Yeah, the French yeah. book. I can't, I can't remember, remember what it's called. called. Yeah. And and the the kind of this book is sort of cursed. And when you read it, you die. When you so. read it, you die. Basically, yeah. It's 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 like you know a four bear to the ring, and <laughs> uh, it's it it's one one review. I'm going to quote somebody else's review on this one because I, I think it was perfect. There is an absolute sense of dread that runs throughout this book. Yeah, because in the first issue, nothing happens. Yeah, absolutely zero happens. It is mm. a, lot, a bunch of people sitting around a newsroom going, "Yeah, see you," mm. <laughs> you know, because it's all very period. Mm. <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, doll, go get me a coffee." Switch me to IRL. And uh, and I mean, the dialogue is perfect. The mood mm. is caught. The, the the art is fantastic, but nothing happens. It's all in the atmosphere. It's all in the atmosphere, but yeah. because of the interview that he has with. Um, Oh, what's the, guy's, oh, guys. the guy in the cold room yes, yes, with yeah. the ammonia cold room? And it's like you sit there going, yeah, there's something very odd about all of this. Mm. And then the last panel with the blatant nudity of the housekeeper basically just yeah. opening her room. You sit there going, what the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, she, and, just, she just opens the, the room and goes, no. No. No, <laughs> no index. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's the weirdest, strangest book. As I was saying to you, okay, Alan Moore's finally done it because in one issue, I have no idea what this book was about. <laughs> it, it, it is baffling. The, 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 there is a more baffling book out this week. And I don't oh, can I just quickly clarify it. the ending of Fight Club? I just, yes. I just gave it a look. It's um, is that, yeah, the bomb doesn't go off and then he yeah. wakes up believing he's in heaven, oh, talking right. to, to angels and God. But, they're actually but it's there. actually orderlies in an yes. asylum. Right, right. So yeah, so he does put the gun in his mouth and shoot himself and then he thinks he's in heaven. That's so right. Yeah. That's probably where I crossed the wire in, the movie, in my memory somewhere. In the movie, they made it like he just shot his cheek or something mm. and yeah. that was enough to like jolt him out of 
being Tyler Durden. The movie's ending is probably better, maybe. I quite well. The movie's ending has the Pixies in it, so I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that great song. Where yeah, is my where's mind? my mind? Anyway, sorry, I just thought that I needed to do that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So uh, no, thank you, because I, I couldn't remember. It's been How a while since I've heard it. Probably as well. it's going to be Duino. Ah, uh, that I'm not entirely sure. Either. It's probably about ten issues or so. Probably. Yeah. I've seen the covers for Providence. They're Beautiful in, covers. Insane. Like, dude, Dave, you would love yeah. this book. I know. That's why I was dying yeah. to get this. Like it is. That's what I went in for. Providence and Fight Club too. I should say it is dialogue. Heavy. Oh yeah, yeah. It is yeah. massive. The first issue heavy. is thirty-eight pages or something, and like it's mostly exposition. Pages. Yeah. So it's um, so it's, a, thing, it's a long read. But it is. It is. There is. There is a sense of dread that you get. Remember. Remember the video game Shadow over Innsmouth. Remember yeah, there yeah. was that game yeah. where like you play the first like the first, it's just this sense of dread. It's kind of like a and you know all the Silent Hill games, mm-hmm. anything like that, which have kind of come out of that that tradition. Yeah. The first you know 10, 15 minutes of the game. Not a lot happens. You're no. walking around an empty house, mm. but there's a sense of dread. And that's kind of what mm. you get with Providence. Well, it's interesting because, of- like, I'm a, you guys know I'm a massive Lovecraft fan. Like, I've read almost all the short stories. And, like, this is something I'm really interested in reading. Because I heard about this. There's, it's something, tell me if I'm wrong because you guys have read it, but it's like Alan Moore's taking, like, that whole Lovecraft was a racist, Lovecraft was a bigot. Like, he's taking that as part of. I don't think the we're story? up to that yet. Or, yeah, so, that hasn't really. Yeah. They've really just <laughs> yeah. set the scene. I was say, first issue, <clears throat> nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. Because yeah. I'd heard something interesting where it was like he wanted to do a Lovecraft story that's pure Lovecraft, like the co- the cosmic insignificance of man yeah. and all that. Mm. But he wanted to do it as if Lovecraft was like uncensored, unfiltered, like if. I don't know how to explain. I'm going, to tr- some of that. I'm going to try reading this monthly, but I kind of get the sense this is one of those books that will work better as a. Well, as, I was as actually a whole. about to say I may actually stop at this point because it mm. is such a slow burn. I, I would say that, but I'm sick of saying okay, almost every book at the moment. I'm going. I'm going to stop. Mm. I'm going to stop. And I and I and I for once I'm actually going to do this monthly because let's face it, if you stop buying them or stop I mean keep keep buying them keep downloading them people because you know you, you've got oh, to look, buy them monthly I would, month, actually, otherwise I would even say them. buy yeah. them monthly but just bank them up yeah because I think this is such a slow burn that this may you may need to have you, a, you could be right you may need a running start right. on this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. having yeah. read this first issue you kind of go I have to wait all but month now. also keep in mind that it's kind of aping stuff from the, the, the turn of the last century where all those stories were released in a serial format. Yeah, I guess so. So may, maybe there is something to be said about reading it that way too, where you kind of have there – is, there is a pleasure to said to be had in waiting mm. for the next mm. chapter, which which we can tell from Postal, um, which oh. the fourth issue came out Dude. this Dude, mm. <laughs> this is a series that I really like coming out of the gate, but I think it's getting better every issue. Mm. And this latest issue is freaking awesome. Because the thing is I was – not the opposite to you. I liked the first issue, but I didn't love it. Yeah. But now I can't wait for it to come out. Like the, after the second issue, I was like, yep. And so this is issue four. And this this world keeps getting deeper and richer. And it, it, it is a and limited he's series. he's developing as a character now to the point mm. where he's now been recruited by his mother to do spying. Yeah, well, because the waitress is, is kind of like the mother has said to the waitress, like you're giving him something. You've opened up. A, he's, he's found something new in himself. Yeah, um, and because don't, of don't you. mess with it, otherwise you'll disappear. Basically. Yeah, and yeah, don't don't mess with it, and don't and don't screw him on this one because you'll have me to answer. Yeah, to. and how good is that image where she goes, "Are you pushing me, little girl?" Yeah, and it cuts to this wide shot of them on a quarry, and yeah. she goes, "Because I'll push back." <laughs> and and I think the great thing because the mother has been sort of portrayed as quite callous, yeah. up until this thing, and it and it's like I can't and like he he at the end of the last issue he was found tortured and beaten, and. Someone was saying to me, you're not going to let him get it. You're not going to let them get away with that, are you? And he goes, 
if you think that's true about me, you don't know me mm. at all. And he, she doesn't let these people get away with beating and torturing her and, son and there's also for that, a second. That wonderful it's line a slow burn. Where, she, where she yeah. goes, are you sure they're the ones? He goes, yes, because such and such drags his foot slightly and such and such has yeah. a... But they, and she goes, okay, enough. No, but the really, tell, <laughs> the really telling line was that it was kind of like, you know, I deliver all your mail every day. I know everything about you. And it's kind of like he says it completely pragmatically because that's who he is. But then you realize this guy has so much information in his head yeah. that he knows everything about everyone and he's invisible to the town, which makes him one of the most powerful people in the town. And I love the fact that you her know. and him are now working together. Yeah. Sensational. Where they go, you shouldn't have come alone. He it's didn't. beautiful. No, I, I, <laughs> I would love it. I'll be interested actually when it's done, maybe doing this as a pick just because I'd yeah. like to hear your opinion on this as well. Totally. Yeah, you were, you weren't yeah. very yeah. hot on the first issue. No, I, I really liked the first issue. I just didn't love the Oh, you didn't the like art. the art. No, we were the same. Yeah. I think I think yeah. if you go back and listen to the episode, we, we both – like the first issue, we yeah. didn't. We, we enjoyed it, but we didn't like. Like you, yeah, you were yeah. just like love the series straight out of the gag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. um, like the as far as the story and the characters and everything, I was in. Yeah, it's yeah. just the art. I was a little bit. I like. I think the art's gotten better like, as well. The art, so. the art is good. It's just like it's subjectively like it's, hmm. it's not, not your style. It's not what I like hmm. a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely banking it up and waiting. But we don't know mm. how many issues this is going to be because we thought I, four. But I thought it was four, but maybe I've got in my head six now. Yeah, I think it, it's not. It's a limited series. I'm actually glad that it is coming to an end, though, because it'd be a really nice volume. Yeah, and and I, I actually got to the end of this issue because the way this issue was going is like, well, we got to be, we're getting close now. Yeah, like it did felt and the, like. And the reactions to that dream sequence with his father as the devil, <gasps> yeah. was just brilliant. The dialogue it was a goes, dragon. He's like a dragon. dragon. He, yeah. looks, he looks he looks like, like the, the devil, devil from Legend. Oh, and, yeah, mm. the best devil ever put on. Absolutely. Film. Yeah. yeah, I just love that where he goes. And for the first time, I felt love. And you go. This is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> this is really. Well, actually, it's funny you should you should end with that point because there's another book that came out this week called Son of the Devil, which I also read. Yeah, yeah. Now this was an interesting one. This was a bizarre book. It was a bizarre book because it's it starts with like uh, this raising Arizona baby kidnapping yeah, kind yeah. of thing, and the child's got one red eye and one blue eye, and then you cut forward like thirty or twenty to today. To today. Yeah. That's in the late eighties. So you cut forward, you know, to two thousand and fifteen. And they're hunting for this guy that's got one red eye and one blue eye, but it becomes evident that it's not the same guy. No, no, no. That yeah. there's that actually sorry, it's called Sons of the Devil, and I think I've written the wrong. Uh, I've written Son of the Devil. It's called Sons of the Devil, and you can kind of see where this is leading. Well, that's the implication in the first issue, and that there's someone you know that they're hunting people down with this, and it it's a fascinating setup. What a killer last panel. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, uh, <laughs> and we won't spoil it for those who haven't read because the it, last it's my, panel. It's my turn to have to go and look up the last panel now. Yeah, the so last panel on this book, you sit there and go, uh huh. <laughs> Which I just thought was. Uh, oh, that, is that was that the one where he's, he's where he calls the he's called the counselor. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Where he calls the counselor and says maybe because he's got to do community service for a crime that he did, and so he goes, well, they've said that if, as long as you're certified, I can do my community service. And this is a he's a specialist counselor on orphans on on. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I really want to recommend it because it's uh, it's Brian Bucciolato is the writer who you will know from a bunch of stuff, but Tony Infante, who I don't really know, is the artist, but he's got this really Sean Murphy style. I, I thought it was Sean Murphy when I started reading. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's got because he uses the same kind of like speed lines as Sean Murphy. He's got that kind of rough yeah. kind of hewn. his shading is the same style. His shading is the same. His coloring yeah. is a style. It almost looks like Matt Hollingsworth coloring. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely done in that style. But and and I, and I really love the art. It really works for this story as well. So, um, yeah, one I didn't know anything about until this week, um, Sons of the Devil. Go and check it out. Um, I've written down Indestructible Stingray there. I only mentioned it really quickly. I read it, and it, it's a good standalone story, but it should have a, a, a colon in the middle of it because it's um, a Stingray story based – there's a series called Indestructible, 
and it's a spin-off from that. I haven't read Indestructible, no. but I kind of understood what was going on in this in this series. Um, it's interesting, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say okay. uh, that. But mm-hmm. again, this is for people who are into the Indestructible series. I will mention Material Number One. I didn't get a chance, to which read this one. made very little sense to me. But it's got three concurrent stories. Uh, one is about a um, this kind of professor who's 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 against technology and teaching against that. It's got a a Hollywood auteur director who is battling a studio and a guy that's just been released from Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're three stories. Again. Star Course, isn't it? Uh, this one I is... I think it is. They love their anthology. That sounds cool. It's not an anthology. <laughs> it's actually it's image, and it's actually a story with three oh, main okay. characters leading through. This is Alice Cott is doing this one as well, and you've heard his name uh, turn up a bit lately. And Will Tempest does the art. It, it is actually one of those stories where... I don't think anything makes sense in the first issue and it's got so many footnotes. Like every page has like a footnote for an academic work or something. This is, this is obviously an incredibly well-researched um, book and uh, he, he mentioned something on almost, I think every single page has a footnote about something else that you can go and look up as a result of, of reading this. And it's, 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 it's at, this mo- at the moment, it's a, it's a whole lot of imagery and concepts being thrown at you and it's kind of appropriate because they're talking about uh, when, 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 when the professor's being hacked, being hacked and this guy's off telling him this, uh, uh, this kind of revolutionary concepts, he just stops and says to him, this is all just material for you, isn't it? <laughs> um, and you kind of get the impression for all of these people, everything, you know, everything that's going on around them is just material for them and, and, you, and that's kind of where you start. And so I think this is one of the kind of like a Grant Morrison book. It's a puzzle piece at the moment, and we won't know what it all looks like until we get to the end of the series. Okay. So I'm intrigued gotcha. enough to go on to issue two. Now, a very oh, we should talk about Secret Wars before we go on to Convergence. I we had a very 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 long talk about Convergence uh, Secret Wars last week, and we'll probably mm-hmm. talk just as much about Convergence this week. Um, Secret Wars is was a book that uh, a series that I found really baffling but now that Convergence is over I had a chance to read all the Secret Wars stuff and I actually really enjoyed a lot of the stuff that came out this week it feels more like Marvel's Flashpoint to me at this point like right, you, right. you know during Flashpoint you know how you had all those kind of alternate world I can stories see that. Yeah, yeah, I can it see feels that. more like that to me right mm. now and I'm enjoying it on that level um, and, and since Dave said it's a little bit like a love letter to, to Marvel I kind of go, okay, I dig that. I'll, I'll try and approach it from that point of view. And I, and I enjoyed it a lot. I got a lot more out of it trying to enjoy it from that point of view. Uh, Dave, I'll let you lead this oh, one. I don't need to talk much about this. <laughs> but I, I, I just really like Secret Wars and this is cool. <laughs> like, Can yeah. I just say the ones yeah. I really, really enjoyed? I, I, I caught up with the Deadpool Secret Wars one from last mm. week and I loved I, the I hell out of that. I read that as well after that's, Dave talking that's about been it. Been so yeah. good. That's been the best one so far. I, I agree, opinion. but yeah. the highlights for me this week, um, undoubtedly with the Infinity Gauntlet one, I loved the Inhumans one. I, I mm-hmm. really, I got so caught up in the Secret Wars 2099 one yeah, that I almost here. missed my yeah. train stop. <laughs> um, and Old Man Logan was yeah. just the art in that was unreal. Andrea Sorrentino, who we know yeah. recently did uh, yeah, Green Arrow, Arrow yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. Just there's off nothing. The hook. There's nothing like his art style in anything else. It, it's so specific it, and unique. It's so this, good. I want this in a giant oversized yeah. version. It's it it is just amazing, amazing stuff. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough thing, good things. I read about a bunch of other ones too. I, I read everything, so I'm, I'm just making so it I. my mission to read every Secret Wars. And um, I did for Convergence, so I owe it to Secret Wars. Yeah, you know? it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just Inferno and Secret Wars Journal. I think we had the same opinion on. Yeah, that Inferno one too. left me cold, ironically. <laughs> I but like, I to like be fair, them. it's an X Men title, and all the X Men yeah, titles, titles are leaving yeah. us a bit cold. X Men yeah. don't do well in major crossovers, no. do they? No. I just I wasn't too familiar with the characters that were going on in both books. Um, I liked them like um, as a story; like they were enjoyable. But yeah. I just didn't know who they were or what what they're. No, impo- it's the same with Secret Wars were. Journal. Yeah, yeah, same story. Like I mean, not same story. I mean, but same, same thing. thing yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not familiar with these characters in this this area, this pocket. Because um, Secret Wars Journal was that Marvel sixteen oh two. It felt like it, wasn't I don't it? Know. It seemed that kind yeah, of, like, I think but it was. It was is like, there something with um, a Neil Gaiman Marvel thing? Or that's that's sixteen oh two. Is that is that what this yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. It felt like it because it, it 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 was all set during like a during King James's England, so I'm guessing that it was just, that's what it might yeah. be. Yeah. Unless um, there's another uh, listeners feedback at behind. I've always the heard that that Neil Gaiman run is really good too. I've like, heard it's amazing because yeah. it's. I think it's. Is it one of the Kubits? Is it? Is it like the? It's. It's like. It's basically I'm just the. Just trying to think if it's DC. Maybe Neil Gaiman did something for DC as well. Maybe no. I think this one. I think it is Neil Gaiman and Andy Kubit and Richard Ozanove did that. Who were the same art team who did um, Wolverine Origin. So it's, mm-hmm. it is a beautiful looking book. Uh, so I'll check it. But yeah, yeah. I just actually in, in I general it that. feels a lot like Secret Wars now is just sort of setting the pieces up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think now now that Convergence is off my deck, and and I will talk about that in a moment. Um, I can enjoy this fully. I can my my complete mm. attention is now on Secret Wars, and I can enjoy it a lot more. Than it's I starting to really week. get that thing I like because especially that it's going for six months. Like yeah, it, we know we're in for a long haul, and I'm it's starting to get to that like absorbing moment where. It, the more you read, the more fuller it becomes. And no, I, know, I cool. agree. No, but I, I really want. I wrote a, a twelve hundred page, a twelve hundred page. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote a PhD thesis. I wrote a, PhD thesis. <laughs> yeah, no, I wrote a twelve hundred word piece on con- the, what what convergence eight means, and I and I'm still think I left people confused. So I think I've decided to make the end of convergence um, this week's talking point. Talking point. Now. Convergence is over, and I can actually say for once in a DC event of recent memory, it finished. It, conclus- it conclusively finished. It, it, it came to the end, and it was a happy ending. Uh, and which, which, can I just say, that is the most refreshing thing in the world for an event. Mm. To be fair, um, Flashpoint finished. Flashpoint too. finished, but it also led into... And yeah, this, but the yeah. following... We didn't know. When we were reading Flashpoint, yeah. we didn't know. No, but what I'm saying, yeah, and Flashpoint did have a happy yeah. ending as well. But this is... But I'm saying, given that for the last four years, we've been complaining about one event begetting another event, it's nice to have... A conclusion. A conclusion totally. and a happy conclusion at that. Now... This is this is get 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 strap yourself in, kiddies. We're in for a bumpy ride. Now, I I I'm first of all I'm gonna I'm gonna eat my own words here because last week I actually said to you guys um, that I didn't want to have to read an event where you know there was seven hundred you know comics worth of required reading to understand it, and and I understood your point, Dave. Last week you were talking about Secret Wars. Oh yeah, that's that's this is a love letter to Marvel. So you kind of you can't just read. It's like it's like you know watching a movie and only watching certain scenes out of the movie, you know. And and I and I took your point, but I felt as though I should be able to read Secret Wars, just the main ones. That said, the end of convergence is so much more rewarding if you have a deep history, if if you have a, a deep familiarity with the DC universe, which I do. I've been reading DC mm. books since I was 13, which is you know, going on 25 years now I've been reading DC books. So, yeah. 
the the end the the the, the too long didn't read version is this um, getting to the end of convert and I'll see if I could just, I'll just bring up uh, my article in front of me so I can remember some of my points. You know how um, Flashpoint uh, begat the new fifty two. Mm-hmm. Let's argue, for argument's sake, what if the new 52 was not the number of books they released, but it was referring to the new multiverse that released, the new 52 worlds. Uh, going back, uh, everyone everyone's probably heard of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Everyone talks about the crisis. The crisis basically took, in, it was the 50th anniversary event for Marvel back, uh, Marvel, for DC back in 1985, 1985, which destroyed the multiverse as it stood then because continuity was way too confusing. So they collapsed it into a single continuity. And out of that, you got things like uh, Man of Steel and um, uh, you got uh, Longbow Hunters and, uh, you know, uh, revised Batman, a much revised darker Batman. Year One came out of that and all those sort of things came out of after post-crisis. So you got single continuity, single origin. Um, What happened years later was that you got Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis... Uh, no, sorry, Zero Hour came first. Zero Hour kind of tweaked some of the timelines there because the problem with post-crisis was that origin stories were being sta- being released in a staggered fashion, but some of those characters were still going around. So Hawkman got a like an origin story like in 1989, but was that the same Hawkman that was running around doing contradictory stuff for the four years before that? <laughs> you know, so Zero Hour kind of tweaked those 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 timelines a little bit. Then comes Infinite Crisis, uh, which, long story short, restored the multiverse. Um, and there was a, a multiverse of 52 Earths. And it's a similar 52 Earths. Yeah, because the lead-up was a book called 52. Called 52. Yeah. And, it, and it was released <laughs> weekly, um, so yeah. 52 weeks. Um, and then sort of that that Earth there, that, that 50, the concept of the 52 worlds is sort of underlies Grant Morrison's multiversity as well. And he's even got the goddamn map there as well for that so you've got that behind it and of course ultimately um you know infinite crisis uh, uh you know the four years that four or five years that followed that led up to flashpoint flashpoint in retrospect like it seemed as though it collapsed everything into one single earth again but as as we know they started releasing um other earths as as the as the story went on we saw earth 2 in its own title earth 3 popped up during the um forever evil um event mm-hmm. with the with the uh, crime syndicate and all those things so we knew the multiverse existed out there but way i understand it is what flashpoint did was subvert um the course of three separate earths into one um, and creating this new Earth um, right. as a result of that. What the end of Convergence does, okay, stay with me here, kids. What the end of Convergence does is basically restore um, the DC universe back to, um, it kind of resets Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it's an evolved version of that. So imagine if the multiverse was saved at Crisis of Infinite Earths, but then continued up until now. So you've got, you have basically any story goes now. Mm. Anything has happened. It's all real. Uh, is it's it, all real. It's all real. It's exactly it. But that's exactly it. It's, it's Grant Morrison. It's Mark Wade. They had this concept called hypertime, which basically means that no version, like you know, um, the uh, 50, like you know, the nineteen sixties Batman crazy uh, Adam West version is no le- more or less uh, canonical than Scott Snyder's Batman, which is sort of up until now, it's kind of like whatever's being published now, that's the canon. But this is kind of saying, well, stuff that 
you know, what, what, what was that phrase you used? Nobody took them off my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's, it's like no one, they're still on my bookshelf. So yeah, they still exist. So basically, and, and I'll read the quote out from Jeff King who wrote this. He says, Convergence speaks directly to that. Um, speaks to that directly. In this way, Brainiac represents a collected experience of all the creators and by extension readers of DC Comics ever. Uh, I've said this a few times during panels and interviews uh, and this is what he, and uh, this is what I meant. Post-Convergence, every character that ever existed in either continuity or canon is now available to us as storytellers. You may not see them right away, but they're out there. And of course, when you get to the end of Convergence, you understand that um, uh, that uh, that is more than meta. It is concrete as well. And we know that they're going to start using things. We're getting a Batmite ongoing series out of this. <laughs> We're getting this DC, DC Bombshell series coming out of this, which is basically going to be set in a world where um, female superheroes led uh, the front lines in World War Two, and it's based on the statue line. But now they've made it into its whole new I have continuity. A super, I have a Supergirl bombshells glass. Right. So that's that's now part of that's that's just as canonical now as you know, um, you know the the current Wonder Woman line, or it's just as canonical as you know um, pre crisis Supergirl. It's all up for grabs, and I love that. I love that they're putting it up um, all front and center. I, lo- I love that's a thing. So basically, but the question yeah. is the ongoing like Superman book. Yeah, which Superman will it be? That's what we're going to find out post crime yeah. post uh, in Divergence, which is the will it the, still be the fifty two armored Superman or will it be the tidy the tidy readies? <laughs> I, th- I think they can, from what I understand, wearing, yeah, Superman. Well, from what I understand, they're continuing on the story of Superman, like the the, the, the Superman who can now cause supernovas and all that sort right. of stuff. They continue with it on, but that doesn't mean that doesn't preclude them from also telling stories. Um, that you know, just just releasing books that have pre-crisis Superman. So we might finally get the uh, conclusion to widening gyre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Those strings attached. Or if I me. can explain this another way. Obviously, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence, resulting in this alternate reality. English, Doc. Here, here, here. Let me uh, let me illustrate. Imagine that this line. Represents time. Here's the present, 1985, the future, and the past. Prior to this point in time, somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. Alternate to you, me, and Einstein, but reality for everyone else. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> although, although, if you use that that simple time logic, there is a major flaw in DC's thinking here. But I don't care because it's all real. Yeah. Now <laughs> you're not I'm, thinking third dimensionally, money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there and say that, <laughs> and I don't want to spark a huge debate because I really don't. Do it, it's do a, it. It'll be like Secret Wars from last week. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to play. <laughs> no, all I'm going to say is that there was a reason why I actually stopped reading DC back in the '80s, yeah. which was because it's all so damn confusing with multiverses and everything else. And there's also this this ultimate hear me out. There's this ultimate feeling that in the it's it's just so ultra cosmic yeah. <laughs> that it just does my head in. And for a while there, things actually streamlined out. John's run of uh, Green Lantern and the brightest yeah. day Green Arrow and 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 all this stuff. And I loved it. And I thought, wow, I'm back to DC now because yeah. DC's kind of more straightforward now. And then of course We've come to this point, which yeah. is kind of like swerving me all the way back to the 80s. But. And don't get me wrong, I'm yeah. enjoying reading it, but there is a point where I sit there and go, this is why I'm a Marvel guy. However, yeah. Marvel is currently doing yeah. this. And 
this is where I sit there and I go, this is not Marvel's strong suit. No. And it's going to be very interesting to see them play this This is not out. DC's first rodeo either. No, they're, they're, yeah. but I'm saying Marvel, <laughs> Marvel works best, and I'm a big Marvel guy, Marvel works best when it's got that grounding in reality yeah. in the streets of New York and what have you. When they get truly out there cosmic, yeah. they sometimes lose themselves. They manage to pull it off with the Guardian's cosmic universe yeah, yeah, that yeah, worked yeah, really yeah. well but, but when they, they had a guiding voice for that correct they had someone yeah. when they do it with their earth-based heroes marvel sometimes gets a little bit lost yes now at the moment so far secret wars is actually working and I, i'm quite enjoying what i'm reading of secret wars i'm a little worried that they might go they might overstep themselves a little yeah. bit but we'll wait and see and uh but i gotta say that at the moment the convergence thing has just done my can, can, I, can I just say two things about that you're not alone, yeah. one. I, I, I want to add that as much as I love where this has gone with DC, Convergence as an event was pretty terrible. Mm. Um, I, I didn't like the writing. Like basically oh, the, the seven the seven <laughs> issues. I snorted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the seven issues that preceded issue eight were almost like redundant you know, as, as a result <laughs> of it because it's like you could have you could have told that story in 64 pages. Well, and, I got, and I found myself going down to just the Convergence book. And, I couldn't do all the Yeah, times. and all that stuff about people fighting each other, you didn't actually need that. Fight? Fight. Yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was actually dumb when you get to the resolution. It was Street Fighter but DC Universe. The other thing I'll say about it though is for everybody who's completely confused by that, for everybody who, who, who all that did their head and think, oh, I can't understand that I shouldn't read DC, that's actually the opposite of what, what DC is trying to do here. What they've that they've ultimately done is said, right, our multiverse is now front and center. Um, and what we're now dedicated, what they seem to be now saying is like, we're just dedicated to telling good stories now. So whichever story we put out, it's for you. You know, and so it's not going to be a matter of like you have to know continuity to know the story. No, and if you have a you favorite know. books, they'll probably just continue on. Like Harley Quinn is just continuing yeah. on. Superman is just continuing on. So if you had favorite well, apparently books, Green Arrow's going to Green Arrow's going to be a horror book now. So I'm still bucking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well there is no Power Girl book again. So it's like I'm Patrick Zerch well, is writing so. it or something. So it's yeah. yeah. And I have to say, I mean, I'm a Marvel boy, but my favorite character is Power Girl. But you she- are getting a mini a mini series with uh, from Amanda Connor with Power Girl and Harley Quinn. Yes. That's what you are. You're getting a six issue miniseries. All right, I'm in. So I'm you, in. you got that. I'm in for that. And I'm getting. I'm. I'm looking forward to section eight with Dog Welder. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. I mean that 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 is possibly the the biggest news of the week as well. But we'll mm. we'll go in and do some proper news headlines. We didn't hear now. much from Dave on that. What do you What do you think of? Oh yeah, I just I just yeah agree 100 percent exactly. With like what? Um, with which one? <laughs> with with, with the, the the whole event as itself wasn't particularly great, but the final issue was really interesting. I I didn't I was confused, but Richard really helped with that article. Um, <laughs> which is yeah, why we've but, been pushing for him to write the like, crisis book. The crisis I am writing it. I, I know. Like, actually, like, you're not the only one. Should, I, the thing I'm sorry. The thing I forgot to mention in in feedback is that I actually had somebody on the Facebook page say, "I really love this article. When are you writing Get part on with two? It. Yeah. And I'm like. I've been busy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a break, Dave. sir. Give him a break. No, I mean, I'm like you, Dave, exactly. I'm a massive Marvel guy. My my whole life has been a Marvel guy in, in terms of comic yeah. books. Like, um, and I do like DC. Like, I love Superman and Batman and the Justice League, but it doesn't really extend beyond that too no. much. Like, in terms of what I've read, I've I've read um, The Infinite Crisis, the whole event, and I've read The Final Crisis and Grant Morrison's entire run. But I'm more into the Gotham metropolis areas and yeah. I, I haven't really gone far. I just did Jeff Johns's um, <laughs> Green Lantern stuff. So I've read more than I'm making it seem. Yeah. So you, you, you get the big yeah. picture view. I get the big picture view, yeah. And exactly. I think that's okay. I and, think, um, yeah. and, but, I, but what I love about this the most is that it's done and I don't mean that in a joke. 
Like I just mean it in like what, what you They're were just in LA saying. Now, so yeah, no, no, just, in what you're saying that yeah. now now it's open creatively for for storytellers to tell good stories, yes. and we might get a return you know. of some of the characters that we really missed. Well, for me, that's yeah. why I wrote the article because I was actually genuinely excited by that concept, mm-hmm. and but I wrote this review over at Newsarama where I gave the issue itself five out of ten. But I actually am really excited where where it ended. If we can completely do away with the New 52 version of Firestorm and bring back the pre-New 52 version of Firestorm, I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. But I I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, oh, we're talking about characters we want back. Okay, we could have a story with people like Maxima, Praxis and Bloodwind and like the people I was talking with like, yeah. And it's like, you know, everybody else would go, what the hell are you talking about? And I know (laughs) somebody said when I mentioned Bloodwind, Christian Reed wrote on my Facebook page, he goes, oh, sorry, boss, can't come into work. I've got some Bloodwind. <laughs> I don't know, it feels like just DC's been real back and forward a lot lately. Yeah, I agree. Like, and so this is just, I'm just hoping that like they get on track somewhere. It's exactly what you said. And I love yeah. the way you phrased it last week. Like, instead of smashing the car through the wall, can't we park it? Yeah. Because what we need is some status quo. And I love I, that stuck with me. And I kind of cited you at the top of the article with that because to me, that that is exactly the problem with comics at the moment. And I really hope that this is what it does for DC. And post mm-hmm. post Secret Wars, that's mm-hmm. what it does for Marvel. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it looks like they're in a good place. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, like everyone's like being back and forth on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. But I dig it. Uh, look, I am really curious to see next month. Yeah, that's what I'm too. really curious about. Yeah, so let's but all see, the new let's, stuff. Starts. Let's see what happens. Twenty five new titles, and the rest of them are continuing. Mm. So. That'll I'll be, be interesting. Yeah. And bring, back, and bring yeah. back goddamn Power Girl as a regular. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how the uh, everyone go out and buy the mini yeah. series yeah, and, exactly. and they'll bring it back. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Yell so, for it. You know? Yeah, exactly. If you want it, go and buy it. <laughs> so. Righty ho, people. It's time for some news headlines. Century Fox is reportedly developing a cinematic reboot to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series, based on the graphic novels by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. Hip Hop Family Tree will become Fanagraphics' first ongoing series when they launch the third volume in August. In this chapter, Ed Pisker will focus on 1983 to 1984. Beastie Boys, baby! Top Shelf has announced that they will release Troy Little's comic adaptation of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in October. Nice. Matt Keint and Trevor Hessine will reunite for Divinity 2, a four-issue prestige format limited series scheduled for April 2016. 20th Century Fox is also looking at a film based on the Boom! Studios comic series <laughs> Lumberjanes. I've got to read that. The Wicked and the Divine is being developed for television. Uh, Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, deal with Universal TV uh, will develop the Kieran Kim- Gillen comic through their milk-fed, milk-fed productions. That's really hard to that say. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Smith. Done. Has reportedly <laughs> been confirmed to play Static Shock in an upcoming Warner film. No. I'll move on to Haley Atwell has uh, confirmed that the second season of Agent Carter has been expanded to a lengthier 10 episodes. I was going to play the clip, but I won't. Deadpool <laughs> has rap production at 20th Century Fox and is currently consuming chimichangas at a way, uh, on its way to the box office. Woody Harrelson and Laura Dern are set to star in an adaptation of Daniel Clow's uh, graphic novel Wilson, directed by Craig Johnson. WWE star, <laughs> she- <laughs> star Seamus has has been confirmed as Rocksteady in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh, Gotham's Nicholas D'Agosto has been upgraded to a series regular, playing Harvey Dent in the second season in a, what I guess will be a 12-part uh, crossover where he looks for the coin. Or he's in a decision management course. course yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was I, I saying before? It was like um, he gets a job as in the Mint. In the Mint, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, dear. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, can we all collectively? Ah, uh, Gotham. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I got through the first season. <laughs> I didn't. You did better man than me. I'm dying <laughs> to find out what's in that cave. What's in the cave? Uh, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say, I think, I believe in season two, we're going to find out in the cave is What's bats. in the cave? Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if it's just a stairway all the way down to like hell? <laughs> and then and then when he renovates the back cave, he just closes off this town. There's a DeLorean underneath a, a blanket. <laughs> like what other f- properties you is Fox down have? The <laughs> oh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen down there. You walk down the stairs and you walk into the Nielsen Alan ratings Quartermain. office. <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, I'm here to introduce you, Brooks, to a whole new franchise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Should we should we actually do the pick of the week? Uh, what time is it? I don't know. It's, it's pushing on. Oh my god! It's almost an hour in. Oh god! It's time for the pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. It is the year 2076, and the cloud has burst, revealing everyone's secrets. There is no more internet. People guard their identities fiercely, with most only appearing in public wearing a mask. In a world where information is king, an unlicensed paparazzo journalist gets drawn into a web of intrigue when a mysterious woman walks into his office. Written by the best-selling writer Brian K. Vaughan, with art by previous collaborator Marcos Martin and colorist Mansa Vicente, this is a bold new experiment in comics. This is The Private Eye. Yeah, a little bit of Henry Mancini there for you boys. He wrote the Just music uh, for Life Force. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. Uh, I think that was one of the Peter Gunn pieces that he used. Oh, there, a fantastic composer. Yeah. Rest in peace, sir. Mm-hmm. Sorry? Yeah, Rest yes. in peace. Yeah. He's up there swirling in the heavens with... Uh, with his martini in his head. <laughs> yeah. Going, welcome to the club. How can I sell you? This... Uh, I think Life Force may have killed him, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I did it for a lot of people, Daniel. <laughs> um, but, you know, I brought a lot. I mean, I think just seeing Melinda May. Uh, Melinda May? Um, Matilda May. Matilda May. I'm getting her mixed up with, uh, with Agents um, of Agents S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> she never went naked. No. 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 Um, <laughs> this, uh, The Private Eye is a uh, web comic. It's a web comic in a way, but it was a digital first, a digital only comic. Uh, it was released, at, as we said, it's Brian K. Vaughan while he was writing Saga and presumably working under the dome. Um, <laughs> Uh, did uh, decided to do this project because he said, you know, and he says in the notes at the end of the first issue, you know, Marcos and I know nothing about our computers yet. We so said we decided to write a a book that was purely start a website to purely digital comic and and launch something that was you know based in a post technology world. Mm. And it is. I'm going I'm to bury the lead very easily and say this is this is one of my one of my favorite things I've read in a long time. I remember picking this up when it first came out because it was a huge thing. It was Pay what you want, mm-hmm. uh, which is a massive deal from someone who has got literally the top-selling 
indie comic in the world. Yeah, I remember I bought the first one of these. Yeah. Yeah. And I only read I only read the first one when it came out. I think yeah. we talked about it on here. Yeah. Yeah. I just put five dollars down. Yep. You know. As did I. Yeah. yeah. But well, I haven't I haven't bought any of the others I should have. Yeah. But in, it's, in retrospect. Well it's the it's a thing. I mean I, I paid I paid for a lot of them but I, I I feel like I should just go on the site and like just maybe put thirty dollars you can, you, and you still them. can. The site's yeah. still up there, and he's also the Panel Syndicate, which is the site that's created, has actually created a um, uh, um, a new series called Universe as well. So you can still can keep contributing to the model, even though these guys aren't writing on the mm. on the current uh, comic. I I really like. It's one of those things where it's like. I, I appreciate the fact that one of the biggest comic book teams in the world, and these guys did Doctor Strange: The Oath, who we did way back, and I can't remember which Great issue book. we did that, but that was it was a pick of the week um, last year sometime, and uh, which I hadn't re- I actually read this first. Right. I read this as it's coming out, and then read The Oath. Um, this is underneath its sort of uh, post-technology vibe, which has got a little bit of Transmetropolitan in it, I'd say, you know. Underneath that kind of shop front, and much like Transmet, it's just a good old-fashioned detective story. There's heaps. The know? character of Gramps. Yeah. Uh, Gramps is fabulous. That, re- that reminds me of... Um of, of Spider Jerusalem, yeah. yeah, he actually, yeah. yeah, I actually, he he seemed like... Cause, and I love the character of Gramps. It's the way he's gangly arms... Yeah, for uh, I'm the shape of great his, radio. Yeah, the like, shape of his I'm head. like doing. I'm, I'm <laughs> hanging my arms up like a marionette. Where's my <laughs> <that> camera? <laughs> yeah, well, well, photos of Dave in the show notes, guys. Everyone <laughs> listening, it's just like this. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it. <laughs> Bang on, man. I I can't. I couldn't describe a better way he did it. Um, but you know, Gramps is is a great character because he's basically us in a lot of ways. Because he's like what we would be like if we were. In, mm. in, in this era because it's people who have grown up with mobile phones and the internet. And when he's introduced, he's like, I can't get any bars, man. <laughs> and he goes, Gramps, you haven't had, that hasn't worked in My favourite line is where he goes, this old, this old phone, uh, the tech boy says, I've never seen an iPhone like it. And he goes, that's because it's a Zune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it because later like, in the- How do I turn on this iPad? <laughs> like, I might have one of these cords I somewhere. I can't find anywhere to yeah. put batteries in. <laughs> and I love that because later on, his, his, his sort of antiquated knowledge of technology, antiquated from their point of view, becomes an integral part of the story. And this is what I love. There's, there's no small detail in this book that isn't left, that isn't a clue to something mm-hmm. else. And it's like a Chandler novel where something that happened in the first chapter will actually be a really important clue for something that comes back mm. later on. This is at its heart a detective story, but the, the twist I like about this is that because it's post-internet and the, the whole the, the premise is that everyone's secrets got spilled when the, the cloud, cloud burst. burst. Yeah. And the, I love the notion that like, you know, people's own like browser histories uh, uh, were used against them. So privacy became this massive thing in the future. Um, and I think it's a really great response to now where we're kind of caught between nobody really protecting their privacy. Like people, well, I, the, well, there's a line in it where they actually say everybody thought it would be people's photos and this and yeah. that that was going to be the problem. Yeah. But it turned out when the cloud burst, it was just things like browser. Yeah. It was the, the searches yeah. that was the bigger issue. And they're now protected in like library vaults. Yeah. And the librarian's job is now to to, to, to protect. Uh, people's uh, personal data. Yeah, and people still go is, in for um, searches. As a librarian, that's an amazing concept. Well, well the thing is, people still yeah. go in and do searches, but they're searching the library, not the internet, because there yes. is no internet. But they even just their library searches. Can, can I can are- I can I sidebar that? One of my jobs is at, at at my job is student engagement, getting people to use the library um, at the university I work at, and 
get battling against the internet, battling against you know the, the notion that I can just Google and find everything I want, mm-hmm. and trying to explain to people, you know, it's basically you may as well slam your head against the wall trying to say to people, yeah, but you know that Google's only like a popularity contest, right? So when you type in a search term, it's only going to give you the most popular results, not necessarily the best ones. And we spend hundreds and th- millions of dollars a year subscribing to content which is actually academic and that your lecturers want you to use. But people will still use Google. I still use Google. And to me, uh, the notion that it took the destruction of all the, the release of all data in the world to get people to start using libraries. Yeah. I'm in I'm in support of this. I'm in support of this world. The only the only question the only question that was never answered in the book or that I missed if I, if it is answered is how did the journalists become the police force. Uh, and this, this is the thing I was going to pick up on. And, yes. and I love this notion. I love. I think this is this is this is one of the cleverest spins in the thing. The, the cops are basically the the legitimate fourth estate. They're the legitimate um, press. Yeah. And I love um, the national the TV news are the feds. Yeah. Yes, I love that because it's like yeah, exactly. CNN is effectively the yeah. feds. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. and and you know at the other end of the scale, paparazzi uh, or paparazzo are. Um, Unlicensed investigators, yeah, and and I think that's a genius twist on it. I think but that's you know, why, <laughs> because you know, in a world where information is power, mm. I guess um, so. Yeah, uh, uh, people who can release that to to a wider mm. network are the people who will investigate. They're basically all crimes are information crimes. Yeah, it made sense to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like police are the most invasive. Like and yes, and so who would be the most invasive in such a privacy centric? Mm. society well of course it would be the media yeah <laughs> instead of guns in your face because that's the other bit of commentary that's the other yeah. bit of commentary it's not just commenting on our, our you know social media obsessed privacy you know uh, cloud obsessed mm. world it's commenting on 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 yeah the the, the state of media now mm. and logically how that would progress to if, if we're getting all of our information now like what the kind of news people rely on now to get their information from, imagine they were in charge of stuff. Mm, yeah. You know, because effectively they are. Because the people who give you the information are in charge. And I'll use Fox News as an example. If you're voting in America um, and you're getting your information from Fox News, who who is actually holding the balance of power there? It's Fox News. Mm. And so I, I, I like I like using that train of thought. I love the idea that they're now the cops. They're now the feds. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. But I also love, and this is a comment you made to me before the show, David, was um, how rich this world is from the start, and how um, Vaughn and uh, the art team just throw you in. Well, it's something that Vaughn has been doing for a while now. Whether it be Why the Last Man or whether it be Saga that's going on right now. Vaughn creates worlds and he doesn't spend any time uh, setting up that world. He doesn't give you an explanation as to it. He just throws you into the middle of it and says, here's the world, deal with it. And he's so, his writing is so sharp that it only takes you a few panels until you go, okay, they're all wearing masks. Okay. The media are the, are the police. Okay. We're here. And it's, and you start and he then just kind of spoons out information throughout the entire Mm. book to help solidify his world. But he just expects you to go on that ride with him. Saga was a prime example of this, where he just throws you out and goes, yeah, they got horns, they got wings, they're at war, Mm. deal with it. And and you get that because Saga's ongoing and you get those little bits of information as you go along. It's kind of, this is like the compressed version of Vaughn. Mm. You get... He does, still does the same things that he did in Y and, and Saga, which is like, you know, an issue or half an issue dedicated to backstory. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have a major cliffhanger. Somewhere down the track though. He doesn't do it at the beginning. Yes. He'll always do it further down the oh, track. Oh, yeah, like yeah. issue like issue seven or something ends on a massive cliffhanger 
um, I think a literal cliffhanger. Yeah. And issue eight starts with backstory. You know, <laughs> and that's 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 been a staple of Vaughn's writing. Uh, I think since the beginning. You know, I think we even saw it in the oath. Mm. Um, and that is what I think keeps you reading this. I mean, I reread this in a night, um, and I'd, I'd actually. I actually don't think I finished it off in the first run. I think I was um, banking them up. I read the first five and started banking them up and never returned to it. So this episode is an excuse for me to finish. Of course. This mm. thing. Um, don't we always use the episodes yeah, as an exactly. excuse? <laughs> and I just ran through. I just read the whole thing through in one, in almost one hit because it is such a compelling story. I read it uh, two train rides going into work and coming home from work. And that yeah. was, it was done. It was like yeah. very I read cool. it at work. <laughs> <laughs> Fight the power, man. That's right. <laughs> you tell the man. I logged out of the internet. <laughs> tell, me, tell me, Mr. Longo, Mr. Longo, Mr. Longo, where did you read the book? Where did you read the book? It's like you at the front of the library. Jump yeah. inside, eh? They got books in here. Get over <laughs> here. Em, oh. em. Get off the computers. Actually, no, we want them to use the computer <laughs> no. stuff. We spend more money on computer stuff than we do on books now. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, and, and I think... I what think, we haven't talked about here is what the primary plot is. What yeah. Is so the primary plot is it, it starts... It's Chinatown. It's... But well, instead of water, it's the internet. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. It's, it's, no, you mean it's Rango. Wait, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Rango, of course. <laughs> You're absolutely right because it is a... Um, a I, Dame, I, I say I, that lovingly. Yeah. Like, I love Chinatown. I know. Yeah. Dane walks into an office, she. Yeah. And uh, Beans, she walks wear. in and she's wearing, she's got a tiger's head. And this is kind of an example of what you're talking about, Dave, the, the, the whole notion that... Um, People are walking around with these uh, nims, and, uh, and this, this term "nim" is used, and it's kind of like you you get from its context what it means. Is it? it doesn't but have never to have, actually. They don't have it. to. Go, yeah, I thought like because uh, you guys were talking about this before the show. Like, yeah, it, I was thinking, is it homonym? Is that? Is I thought that, it was anonymous. Anonymous. I thought it was. I think anonymous. Yeah. Homonym. Homonym is like a word that is similar to another word. Yeah, yeah like I thought maybe it. that was what it was going for. I don't know. Like so basically, the only the way you get yeah. this, I took it as being anonymous, but yeah. anonymous that's, that's, makes yeah. a lot more sense. And when you yeah. where you actually get this kind of drilled into you is, I think it's in the second issue where his driver is an underage girl, and she's not allowed to have, and she's wearing a paperback McDonald's back. And she goes, "I'm practicing for when I get my nim, yeah. and I've been playing with nim names, and every time you see her, she's got a different name." This is kind of lost. Yeah, my nim name. Yeah. This, this brings up a point I want to ask you guys. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this before. Like, if if it's because it's using McDonald's, it's using CNN. There are all these real brands mm. throughout it. Is that a product of it being offered for free? Or like, I think so because he actually says in the notes at the end of the when CNN. I think oh, they just flew this one under the radar. Um, I just think they tried yeah. to get away with it. I think if it was being released through Marvel and DC, they wouldn't have been able to do it. it. It really took me aback. Or it, it makes, like it it makes was, me wonder if he can get under as under parody law as well, though. Yeah, he might be. I think because I it was literally McDonald's, the Golden Archers, everything. Yeah, like, yeah. it was actually yeah. that. So it's good to know they're still. I, given this week's recent news about um, how how much McDonald's is in decline mm. and how much their oh, really? share price, I wonder if they'll be around in twenty seventy six. But who knows? But getting back really? to really getting yeah, actually yeah. Apparently they're they're uh, here is slightly different because they've actually made here in Australia they've actually made. Um, uh, they've, they've changed the menus up so much. We've got McCafes and all these sort of yeah. things. Whereas in the States, when you go into McDonald's in the States, it's like going back 20 years. Yeah, like they right. just haven't changed at all. And people Richard, want something new. I'm loving it. Please, McDonald's don't sue. Um, uh, it was but, a parody. 
It's a parody. <laughs> Getting back to the plot. The, um, uh, the, so Rango. So Rango walks into the office. I think was where we're up to. No, this this woman walks into the office and she's wearing like a tiger head and it sort of um, and he says, you know, you're wearing a seven thousand dollar nim there, and it's kind of fades. Like she's wearing a holographic version yeah. of it, and um, she says, look, you know, my sister gave you gave me your name. Um, I want you to investigate somebody. I want you to investigate me, and. Um, so, you know, and she's, he thinks this is weird, but he takes the case. She wants to um, know what skeletons are in, in her, her closet. closet. Yeah. And uh, he takes the case, um, but she's very quickly killed shortly afterwards, as as is the case in all of these uh, woman in trouble uh, stories. And her sister, uh, who he had a previous case with, um, ultimately uh, thinks he was behind it and then joins him in looking for the killer. Um, and they're very quickly set upon by a pair of French uh, assassins. <laughs> yeah. Wearing gas masks. Which is just awesome. So good. That is it. Because like, you've got that great image and I think it's the, it's the cover of the second or third issue but it's also um, used uh, strikingly in the issue itself of them just kind of pointing the guns with these gas masks. And the thing I love about um, – uh, oh, God, I've forgotten his name. It's uh, Munster. Munster or something. Munster. Oh, God, I've forgotten his name. I'll, I'll look it up. Oh, it's, the lead bad guy? No, no, no. The um, uh, Sorry, Munster Vincente, yeah. who's the uh, colorist. So amazing. Uh, name. Yeah, he just has, at some times, it's just a single color in the background. Mm. Other times, it's like the most uh, complex colors in the background. But when you have images like that, yeah, it's. Oh, I've, I've got the thing in front of me. Of course I do. <laughs> um, when he. Uh, that's probably why I put that image there, so I wouldn't have to remember the name. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but he's got the most amazing uh, choice of colors, whether mm. it's really simple um, or really complex. Striking images like that, like the cover where where um, he's holding gas marks with a gun, is just a red background. Nothing else. Nothing more complex than that. And it's beautiful. It's one of the best covers I've yeah. seen. And reading this on a high res screen is one of the most joyful experiences. You know, yeah, that's it there. There it is. Uh, you guys can't see that at home, but you'll see it when you go and buy issue two, which you should go and do mm. by the end of the show. What you should be doing while you're listening to us is downloading is downloading all ten issues of this because that's yeah. the only way you can get it. And I know some of you don't like reading digital comics because you don't have iPads, but you can read this on your on your computer screen. And I actually really recommend reading it. I know you guys had to just for time reasons had to read it on an iPad. Mm. I would have uh, done on my screen, yeah. but I I read this like, at home last night on my new big uh, you know uh, widescreen monitor and. And it's, a, it's an HD monitor, and my God, it's gorgeous to read it that way. And because we should point out that every page is a widescreen page. Yeah, this, it's, it is designed to be looked at in landscapes. So. Yeah, so it's 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 like a movie. This would make like know? the most amazing coffee table book. Oh, ever. can you imagine? You know those like art of they do for movies? Yes, like that size. That size book. Oh, yeah, they did like that. Oh man. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. That is that is amazing. So the 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 uh, I don't know how much more of the plot we want to go into from there because I know we tend to do spoilers and all, but because no, this one's not shouldn't. really out there as much and as some of the other ones. This one is actually it's part of part of the joy of this book is to follow the investigation. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So because it is a Raymond Chandler esque type book, I will say that like the dream coat is amazing. The whole concept of the, the dream coat, the yeah, design's so good. Yeah, and uh, I've seen that turning up in cosplay and stuff, and it's just amazing. Yeah. It's just it is because it, it doesn't make him invisible, but it makes him kind of anonymous. It, it, it basically of, bends light like the predator, <clears throat> like the predator. Yeah, he's he's a little bit like. Um, you know, in Doctor Who, they have the perception filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. He's sort of like, you know, you recognize him, but you don't really pay attention to him. You know, so he's, he's there, but he's not really there. And I love, um, 
a game we can't get into spoilers. I love how this ends. I love the audacity of it. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Mm. Um, the other thing I love about this too is that you get this really complex investigative story, but it's also an amazing action film, yeah. uh, a Mac action comic as and well. And a hilarious yeah. comedy. And, and a comedy. Yeah, like it, it's really funny. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. funny. The characters are so well-defined that they can throw in lines uh, uh, that are just sort of seemingly incongruous. Mm. But completely part of the characters. I, yeah. I also you know. love the world building, though. I love the fact that, like, they talk at one point about going to Santa Monica, and it's like nobody goes to Santa Monica because <laughs> that's where the Wonder Wall is. Yeah. And when we we see that shot of the Wonder Wall um, with the just like the empty facades of buildings of what used to be the front of Santa mm. Monica Beach, and yeah. All this, and you still think this is really clever stuff. Yeah. This is a really clever. It's really well of, thought out. Yeah, and really. Use, and the marijuana cigarettes, like the like it's the it's the very famous like iconic Marlboro pack of cigarettes. Yeah, but when but you look closely, it it says it doesn't say Marlboro. It says marijuana. Yeah. in the Marlboro font, and it's never ever said throughout the book. Like you know, everyone's smoking marijuana, and marijuana is now illegal, and you know, it's like just a thing. It's just another mm. world little detail. You know, it's like. Well, I guess we'd all be smoking weed yeah. in the you future. Don't, like. You don't get that. You never get that. Link, you never get that page where it's going. Well, that's because in 2043, yeah. what, you know, uh, the world collapsed and the following things happened, and then we were forced to do this, mm-hmm. and then drugs came up as a result yeah. of that. It's such a actually you never interesting. Get that moment. No, and that's what you I was never Vol- get that. Vol- never does ever. That. I, yeah. I, I will say that this is something I, like just popped into my head now. Like I don't think I've ever seen marijuana depicted this way though, because he uses it as like an aid in his detective skills. I suppose because mm. at one point he mentions like, like I think his his grand the Gramps character yeah. is like you know stop smoking the marijuana. It's making you extremely paranoid and ang- yeah. and filled with anxiety. And he's like, no, that's that's I'm a private detective. I'm a private detective. That's yeah. That helps me. I mean, you know, like one, that's a really interesting, like really interesting depiction of of drug use. Well, the like, flip side of that really is, is is his generation's like PI's um, uh, uh, view on the previous generation's mm. drug use. Like most people, most youth in, uh, in the the contemporary period here believe that people from our era. Uh, were so medicated up and so heavily doped up on various medications that their brains are addled, mm. and that's and that's the reason that they are. I also just to pick up on the marijuana use. I think it's a great extension of the chain smoking detective. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a great you know who, who either had a cigarette or a or a uh, cigar in his mouth the whole time, whether it's Colombo or or Bogart or any of those that's people. The thing, like, it, like, but it's just, just it's an extension. It's marijuana. I think now, that's how. Know? That's it. That's it, isn't it? Like that's mm. something as simple as that. A marijuana cigarette, like, is filled with so much information. Mm. And you can use that for everything. And Every, it, everything else in this story is like, as you said, it's, oh, those, it, it's both of you have said it's those really small details that just create the whole world in a Ooh. single image. He's a genius. Yeah. He's yeah. the he's the best comic book writer <laughs> at the moment, isn't he? I, it's hard to disagree it's with you. Like man. he just everything he does is just gold. I want to swear. So gold. Bad, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not I don't want to break the explicit tag. Soul. Why Brian K. Vaughan. No, I, I, I get, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to make this. Comics wise, sure. You know what? <laughs> comics wise, I like I've, people have always said to me, where, where, where should I start reading comics? What book should I start with? And I usually say either Saga or Why the Last Man. If why? you've never read comics before, why? Because, because I no. <laughs> why? why the Last Man? That's why I just told you. What's your favorite why? band? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or the who right. what are you reading it's a saga <laughs> ex machina deus ex machina the film no 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 I've still not seen that I've got to get around to that 
No, Brian K. Vaughan did a comic book called X Machina. He, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah. 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 This, this is this is becoming amazing uh, radio. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, Brian K. Vaughan's. Let's ex- go to Wikipedia and look through <laughs> that. No, Brian K. Vaughan's X Machina is actually one I've just managed to get my hands on, and I'm really looking forward to reading it because I didn't know about it. So mm. it's a shame these people aren't connected to a vast interconnected network of do computers. You, do, you, yeah. do you have that button that does that 101 thing? I do. Yeah, I, I was I actually. I was thinking on the way yeah. over here yeah. that that I would think, but I want to talk about the book a little bit more. Yes. Um, I think that my question is: Is there anything that Brian Kevon? Is there anything that he's written that isn't comics? <laughs> no, there isn't. There isn't. I, like I, he, like Brian Kevon, like you mentioned, like before, like under the dome, right? Mm. Like not before today, but in another podcast that we did, like mm. about how under the dome's weak, but like. Every comic he's written isn't. You as know? a TV producer, like, as a maybe TV, a, producer, a TV writer is different. Not, it's not. It, it's not. I've not watched man. Under the Dome. Under the Dome has a solid pilot. Yeah. And then the series just gets become. Is it good. on Netflix? I don't know. Okay. It becomes monotonous yeah. after that. I enjoyed what I saw, but they changed the book too much. Yeah, I think you've got yeah. you to shake the book if you're going to re- watch the show. Cause it's yeah. Yeah. Different. I mean, because I love the concept of Under there, the Dome. Yeah. And he doesn't actually write it, he's just a producer. Tomorrowland. This, this, this is a really important distinction. All 60 issues of um, Why the Last Man have been written by Brian K. Vaughan. Mm-hmm. The, the publication pattern of uh, Saga has been such that Vaughan and Staples have been able to Correct. just continue that on at their own mm-hmm. pace. Um, and this, uh, I think, missed the odd month just so they could you know get up to speed as well with a private eye. And I think that is, that is a staple of his comics writing, that he has the luxury of um, being able to set a pace by which he can still maintain mm-hmm. a certain quality. Television's a very different beast in that in, in, in that sense. And so... And and right, no, at least of which I, is you're going to get other writers and other voices and you know comics you kind of get a dialogue between the writer and the artist when you get a TV show you yeah got, just just to add to that Richard you know, like, all um, those I, I watched the first season of Under the Dome and mm. he's not credited on writing every one or of course like not. you know like you know no he's yeah. the executive he's creator he's the executive and, producer. producer yeah mm. and but, that goes uh, through like like this for example only goes to two hands really and then a colorist yeah and like um. Whereas, literally direct to market. Yeah, 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 and there's no interferences, nothing. Whereas something on like a network, mm. that's probably gone through how many hands? Yeah, but even even his yeah. major, like I mean, his, his and another dome. The book is like hardcore. Mm. Like they can't they can't do the book. Do you guys think that this is the direction comics are heading? If if um, people are like you know, image comics and create their own comics with a start. Mm. Do you think that more and more creators are just going to be like, or will this will this work for um, this model work for people who are already established? Because I remember in the music world when Radiohead did it, you know, ten years ago or whenever it was, um, said you know, pay what you want for our album, hmm. um, or or not pay um, as the case may be. And and a few bunch of people used it. Trent Reznor used it for Nine Inch Nails stuff, and and a few other people released their albums that way. And the argument then was that well, if you've already an established name and you've already got established credibility, you can do that. But for mm. you and me, releasing a comic saying pay what you want isn't really sustainable for us. Do you think that this is going to be a, a model that works for everybody, or do you think it'll be a model? I don't model think it'll work for everybody. Only if only only Brian K. Vaughan to the world. Well, I think you need to you need to have that name brand recognition as well. Brian K. Vaughan came into this basically saying, "Yes, we can do this model because I am the maker of Why the Last Man." Well, saga. because he was doing Saga at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more credibility. To the name. I think if like, Joe Bloggs wrote a comic and put it out on the website, nobody I, would pay a yeah. cent for it. I mean, I'd like to think yeah. that if it's good. 
and people. I think if I think if, if Bendis did this, or if Hickman did this, or yeah. if, or if uh, Loeb did this, people would probably buy it. You know what I mean? But I, I think know. that I don't think it's going to be sustainable for somebody starting out. I think one of the one of the interests, yeah. you're not discoverable. But if, if you're yeah. just starting out, what other what other options do you have available? No, no. Comicsology. I don't Independence. Know. That's tough. I, I, sit, I, sit, I sit on the fence of all this. I think like one of the interesting things is like not everyone's Brian K. Vaughan either. That's one of the things too. It's like if you were to put out a comic that was as good as The Private Eye or Saga, I'm sure it would get attention yeah. somewhere. It just just it would it would rise to the top of the heap very quickly. Mm. And I I think and like, we've seen examples I, yeah, of that. We've yeah, seen I, I of think that. with a bit of push, it could be done. I, I think so. Yeah, there's nothing to say it couldn't be. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna also what like I it be- definitely helps that he's Brian K. Vaughan, of course. But but my sort of point like is that if if the Private Eye was absolute crap, nobody would kept kept reading it. Probably right. Yeah, um, but, but the same with you- Trent Reznor stuff. Like if it was absolute crap, yeah. That's you know. a good point. Yeah. I've got some stats for you, which I thought was interesting. Uh, yeah. Brian K. Vaughan, as a film and television writer, yes. as opposed to comic books, he actually wrote seven episodes of Lost. Yes. Um, he wrote the Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight motion comic. Um, oh, interesting. He actually wrote uh, the Why the Last Man short film from 2011. I didn't even know this existed. I have to look this up. I think that's probably one of those things where it's 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 a fan short film and he's just credited he's probably, with the No, words. this is actually the writing credits. Mm. I know, oh, but I'll base, internet, based movie, on, yeah, yeah. internet movie does have characters and created by... the most important know. one, uh, Under the Dome, he wrote 42 of the episodes. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Maybe so, he did write most so of them. So he wrote a lot of them. Yeah. It's only been going for two seasons. Unless, so. unless that credit is like story by but look like based on characters yeah, by, yeah. From, what, from what i saw none of those episodes were bad oh look and under the dome like, i, I want to watch should, under the dome yeah. now actually yeah, we should be very you know. clear that under, shouldn't be your takeaway from this episode but no, i want to watch no. under the dome we should no, be very clear I, I, under yeah. the dome i've actually seen the entire first season it was not a bad series let's yeah. get to make yeah. it clear i actually thought it was very very good it's just it's just that um i'm a huge fan of stephen king yeah and, and i'm and coming the, to and the show took like a, a massive different direction yeah. from from the from the book like like a direction that was like they're not going to go to the book at all now. They're completely... And I'm coming to it as somebody who yeah. hasn't read the book. Yeah. And just looking yeah. at it for a TV series as it was. And it was actually interesting. Mm. And I had Dean Norris from Breaking yeah. Bad. So anyway, this like, is not the Under the yeah. Dome podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming. No, just back on back on that... Um, that That's why uh, we're taking like, two weeks off, like, right? Like Indiegogo Kickstarter and all that stuff, Like I think is great. Like um, I really do. Like, um, mm. But I think quality matters more than content. And um, uh, not content, qual- uh, quantity. Quantity, yes. And um and the kind of thing is I think that what's more important with all this stuff in for the independent market is just getting it out in front of people's eyes and seeing it. Yeah. And if it's good it will spread, you know. The uh, whether you, it'll be financially successful is another story. Like um Well apparently it's done quite well for itself. If you go to the panelsyndicate.com, panelsyndicate.com, uh, that's the publisher. Uh, you can get all ten issues there for as little or much as you want to pay, and I I, I hardly recommend giving it a couple of dollars per per issue. Because, oh, Universe has actually started, and Universe is now two issues in. That's the, my next point was that there's a new series on there uh, by Albert Montes um, called Universe, 
and it's two issues in, and I would like to see it's a, it's, it's a described as a tale of mechanical heartbreak, factory of love. <laughs> um, so I I would be really interested in seeing how that goes, and you get an immediate. That's a forty-one page comic. We should say these are all thirty-three page comic mm. books mostly. Um, so you're getting, and because they're all kind yeah. of widescreen, double, you know, uh, uh, landscape, you're effectively getting a 66-page comic in, in some yes. ways. Yeah. Um, Another interesting thing about this is that we are effectively like in a microcosm of, of sorts because yeah. realistically, like Brian K. Vaughan at max yeah. would have a ceiling of like 100,000 readers a month. With with Saga and yeah, stuff. with Saga and everything but combined beyond, beyond like that, Max. I'm, right? I'll actually like, I'll debate that because his the the collections of Saga. Oh, okay, well let's 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 maybe you know, bring it higher, five hundred thousand. Yeah, because the collections of Saga because comic book readers are not a huge, and New York Times bestsellers. Oh yeah, so maybe it's the maybe it's the know. wrong kind of thing. Well, pr- the private eye. I don't because know. there's a lot eye, of people yeah. like me who actually save up Saga and buy just. The because like when yeah. when we're, when we're, when, when and, we're, and there's when a crossover um, audience for Saga as well. When we're living in a world where like what Batman they do a, a print of like what two hundred fifty thousand copies a month about that yeah like that 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 sort of indicates there's a ceiling there of like two hundred fifty thousand people reading that except for digital book. and, and digital, this, this is the point of digital is, digital yeah, this makes this international and the thing I want to point out with the private eye mm. is that he also made it. Um, available. I guess. I guess. Sort of like it's. It's against my point. My point that I was leading to was just that. Um, that at the end of the day, like he's putting out quality, and you know, it doesn't need that many people to, to make it a financial mm. success or artistic success. I. I, I tend Realist- to agree with you. Yeah, and so like the kind of thing is like, say you and I put out a comic book that we oh, did. We did together. Sell anywhere near this. We wouldn't sell anywhere near this. But say it was really good and got some attention, mm. and the word of mouth spread like fire because it was as good as Saka or something. Yeah. Then it would be. Yeah. Then then if, if <laughs> <laughs> of course it would be. It yeah. would just feature more dicks and shitting, right? Yeah. Sorry, sorry for, for the, the expletive. Um, but I've just been you can lost, say more on thought. this. But the thing is, I also like, want to point yeah, out my train of thought was just like that. That if we got to a hundred thousand, yeah. Downloads, we'd be laughing. Oh, if we got to a hundred thousand downloads of a comic, I'd, I'd 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 quit my day job. Yeah, you know, like that. Um, that's what I'm ta- what I'm talking about. It's not like we need to like get our movie into six thousand screens in America and earn a no. hundred million dollars in a weekend. Like and, and like real real, it's achievable. It's what, totally achievable. And one of the great things I thought about this was well that they offered uh, most of the issues in English, Spanish, Catalan, Portuguese, and French as well. So it instantly like, and that was from issue one. So they instantly uh, expanded the audience, offered it as a PDF, CBR or CBZ format. So whatever reader you had, you could read it on. No so DRM. No DRM. So you could share them with friends. Uh, you could share them between, um, which obviously is not their ideal scenario, but it also meant mm. that you could take them from one device to another. No, I read the, some of them on my iPad, some of them on my big it's screen. It's the argument yeah. that Steve you know? Jobs had though as well, which was that by making it DRM free, yes, you may share it with some friends, but those friends will then tell other people and mm. eventually they will get more sales from it. They yeah. said at the end of issue five or six, this is our biggest selling issue yet, mm. which meant that they were gathering audience yeah. as, as they went along. Which so let's say point, one person you know? buys it and shares the first issue with 20 people. Mm-hmm. Issue number two might have 10 people buy it yeah. and yeah. share it with 50 people, you know? Exactly. And, so, and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. Mm. That's why you make it DRM free. You, you restrict, the more you restrict it off, the less sales you will make. Yes, you will make more money from the people who are willing to buy it, mm. but there won't be as many people. And if you want to do this, in a, you can buy the individual issues, but they've also put out issues one to five as a, as a single file set nice. that you can get. Yeah, so I, cool. I would recommend, 
if, if you're still unsure after our really, really, really positive review <laughs> about getting this, grab those first five issues because I guarantee you by the end of issue one, you'll be wanting to read the next four. Correct. Um, but I would say, I would say this is an absolute must buy. This is an absolute mm. uh, buy all 10 issues at once. Go to pandalsyndicate.com right now, do it because this, this is comics 101. Damn straight. Damn yeah. straight it is. And I think we've said that on every Brian K. Vaughan book we've done. Now. <laughs> so Brian K. Vaughan is Comics 101. Brian K. Vaughan, mm. the god of behind the panel. And it's, <laughs> if, if you are listening, Brian K. Vaughan, we would absolutely love to have you on the show. I've been looking for a contact for you and I can't find one. We would love to talk about this book, your upcoming projects, anything. Or even if you would like to pick a book. And come on. I will. And, I will. And, <laughs> no, and, I won't and talk about that. a book in depth. <laughs> I was going to say something, but it will definitely blow our explicit tags. <laughs> yeah. But not, I, I will. Go, I will, Brian. I will. Let's, let's not go yeah. there. If you're just scare the man off. No, we would love it. because I, I find out occasionally that people listen to, like the creators have listened to the show and said, hey, thanks for that. Mm. So, you know, because. Or other reactions. Or other reactions. <laughs> I've had that once, um, but uh, but actually, you know what? When we had um, what was the book we did at the first live show at um, Good Games? It was the uh, Holmes and Watson. Yes, right. Now we weren't universally positive on that book, but the creator contacted us off the back of that and said, "Hey, look, you know, listen to the show. Thank you for talking about the book, and you know, I would love to kind of offer a different perspective sometimes, or, or else just you know uh, have a chat about the project. Absolutely. You know, and I, I I love that attitude, and I think you get that in comics so much." particularly with people who put, you know, so much effort into something that could go out to the ether and go nowhere, yeah. you know, you know. And no, I but think, it's inspiring. Like, like this, stuff like this is really inspiring. I mean, you never know. Like, if, if you don't put it out there, you'll never know. Absolutely right. And you, I think this really is... You really never know. This is one of the things. And, and you know what? The, well, I was talking about this the other day. We were talking about Podcast Bellafort, uh uh, with my co-host Amy, and who actually nice said on that, plug. Uh, yeah, you go, thank you. Uh, no, because we're talking about one of the things that inspired that podcast was a podcast called um, "Smartest Man in the World," and Greg Pro- and for two reasons, Greg Proops always refers to people sitting at home listening into their blanket forts, uh, so that inspired the name of the podcast. Mm. But he also said, for him, it was a matter of like his wife saying to him, "You know what? Like, if you get an idea and you get something," and Kevin Smith had said said similar things. If you get an idea and you do something. You're never going to know whether you can do it unless you just give it a go. It could fail. You could put this podcast out into the ether and no one listens to it, but you can't say you didn't do it. That's the motto mm. of Geek, actually. Absolutely it is. I mean, we're about to hit – and this, this is uh, wrapping up this episode. We're about to hit 150 episodes of a show we I literally started in my lounge room over Skype. Mm. And this show right here, and this is one of the proudest things I, I've, I've ever done in my life, and we're about to hit 150 episodes of it. And I've made good friends that throw out it, and we've met some amazing people. At Good Games Hurstville on the 1st of August 2015, um, we will be celebrating 150 episodes. The links are all on behindthepanels.net. Just go to the live thing. We've already got a bunch of you have said you're coming. There will be cake. There will be prizes. And Jamie has said that he'll be giving um, cosplay uh, prizes for cosplayers as well. Hey, all right. So we encourage you to turn up and cosplay. Um, I'm going that. as Baby Dave. You're going. <laughs> <laughs> baby Dave stickers might be available for people I will uh, who have turn baby up. Dave stickers. Absolutely. Also, will. I got to say, um, this is actually a Geek Actually related thing, but because we don't geek, do Geek Actually at Good Games, um, I have the complete series of Star Trek on DVD, mm. uh, individual uh, discs. I've had them sitting on my 
shelf and I have them all on Blu-ray. I don't need these. I'm going to bring them in a box and I'm going to give out raffle tickets and you could win the complete series wow. of you know, Star Trek nice. The Next Generation nice. on DVD. It's used, but you know they're all yeah. in good condition. You're inspired by my stuff found in my room. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. may bring some along some other things as well. Absolutely. I've got to get rid of these discs, people. I've got so. odd socks <laughs> I can give away. <laughs> <laughs> I have mountains of DVDs that I can't sell, so I'm just going to give them away. I so. might even give away a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> can I also say that the other thing that we're doing uh, coming up on July 17th, before that, if you're in Sydney, uh, is an event with our good friend Mary Amber. Uh, we're emceeing we're a night called Magic Pixels and Bubbles at the Chippendale Hotel um, on Abercrombie Street in Redfern. And it is, uh, it's going to be an interesting night because it is uh, us emceeing. I, 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 Mary, we, you know, we know, we know, you know, we're fans. I have no idea why you thought of us. Thank you for thinking of us. Um, I, but I still have no idea what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. Apparently, we're, but we, we will be introducing. This is literally the first I've heard of this. I should probably pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should read behind the panels.net. <laughs> wow. It's been sitting there on the sidebar, Dave. Um, <laughs> sidebar. Mm, uh, so, Mary Ann will be playing that night there'll be pop punk chip musician victory road as well as a magician liam power and i am promised there will be a bubble machine there as well and apparently well, i'm sold on the bubble <laughs> there's also a gallery of art and some indie comic artists and some zines being sold there from sydney zinesters and so. baby state baby dave stickers and baby dave <laughs> stickers will be available. Yeah, we'll also oh give boy. out flyers i hopefully had the flyers printed for the 150th show as well which um if is, you are confused at all about baby dave go and listen to geek actually <laughs> oh look baby dave is the meme of the year i'm sure a lot I'm of concerned. people are confused about baby dave but <laughs> Just if go listen to Geek Actually. There is an episode called Baby David Explains. If you're wondering uh, where you can find us, uh, uh, if you want to see us live, there is a list on uh, behindthepanels.net of our live shows and tour. And apart from so, we've got the the thing at the Chippendale Hotel on the 17th of July. We've got um, our 150th episode on the 1st of August at Good Games Hurstville. Uh, we're doing one show out at uh, Sydney Oz Comic Con on the 26th of September. And that will be the Saturday. Uh, and that's it um, uh, with Ryan K. Lindsay. Uh, oh, we should also, we should also stress that, yes, we aren't doing the Melbourne Oz Comic Con now, just in case you missed that meeting. Yes. Um, and those who did uh, donate, thank you very much. You've all been refunded at this point. Yes. So. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thank and we'll, you. We're going to have another crack at it next year, but we'll see how we go. Um, uh, and really, I was looking forward to going to Melbourne this year, but we couldn't get together through many life reasons. Um, yeah. And also, uh, in October, we're hoping to do- I put um, do... Vegemite into chocolate, and now all of a sudden, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone tried that, by the no. way? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. We'll talk oh, about that yeah. on Geek, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Geek under actually. weird food. Um, and also, we're looking at something in October for uh, the Comic Conversation, which was at Ashfield Library last year, but it's going to be at a bunch of different libraries this year. So, um, I've, I've been speaking to the organizers there, and they look like they're going to do something with us. So the other news is that the next two weeks we're taking off because we need a break and it's the Sydney Film Festival. The studio is basically <laughs> going dark for two weeks. Yeah. There will be there will be There'll a be podcast pillow fort. One very short podcast pillow fort. And there will be a, a nerd corner probably because yes. they're actually not recording in our studio, their feed. But Geek Actually and Behind the Panels are both taking two weeks off. A well-deserved well break. Well-deserved <laughs> break. Although you'd say that you, you could argue that Geek Actually has only been back for eight episodes of Why Do We Need a Break? Because we actually do this as well. We so. do this every week. This is, this is probably our like 20th episode this year yeah so and we're you know not even halfway through the year yet so we're working we work bloody hard on the show and we so. do this <laughs> yep. while we also maintain full-time jobs etc mm-hmm. etc so this is kind of like yes. our little holiday um and we but we will be back t- right in time for my birthday yes <laughs> we will be Yay! Yay! there will be cake uh, <laughs> cake is alive. <laughs> Not, <laughs> not yet oh. <laughs> when we come back did uh, you say issue- there will be cake 
<laughs> I thought you were going to play The Cake is Alive. Uh, when, when we come back for issue 145, uh, we'll be doing Batman Earth One Volume 2. Yes. Um, so you've got two weeks now to read. If you haven't read the first volume, you can read both. Uh, we actually get volume. a fairly positive review That's, of the first um, one, so. Yeah, I actually quite like it. That's yeah. Jeff John's, Johns. Jeff and Gary f- and Frank Gary. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. The two people yeah. with two first names. <laughs> wow. The first name crew. That's amazing, actually. Wow. Like Grant Morrison. Yeah. No. Earth Two Names. Earth Two Names. <laughs> I love it. So you've got two weeks to read that. Um, as I said, if you've got anything you want to say to us, uh, send your feedback to feedback at behindthepaddles.net or just drop us a line on Sydney number 02801114167 or Skype ID or one word, Geek Actually, and we'll play it on the show. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, at Twitter, we're just at Behind the Panels. Uh, you can find uh, me on our other show uh, over the next couple of weeks, which is Podcast Pillow Fort. Uh, and you can find that at podcastpillarfort.com. You can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. You can find me on Twitter at David McVeigh or on Facebook at Geek Actually. You can also find me at geekactually.com where we produce all of this nonsense. <laughs> and, uh, and you can find me not writing there because I haven't written anything in quite a long time. It's just a lot of podcasts. <laughs> That's the main thing, isn't it? It is the main thing. We've got like four podcasts on this network. We now. do at the moment, yeah. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Longo. Uh, rarely at damngoodcup.com. I don't know what's going on. Oh, you'll uh, cover some of the Sydney I'm Film so Festival. Ridiculously busy. Uh, I don't know what's going on. You're um, making films. Yeah, so much is You can happened. find you making some, films. Yeah, a lot of weird things around the corner, actually. Um, Ooh, that was cryptic. It was cryptic. <laughs> I, I, I haven't told you guys yet. I need to tell you guys about that. Um, eh. <laughs> okay, that'll, that'll do. do. That'll yeah. do. All right. My until, brain is fried. Well, until next fortnight. <laughs> um, until three weeks from until now. Until three weeks from now. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Longo David. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Behind the Panels. There's a long goodbye And it happens every day Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com some passerby Invites your eye To come your way Even as she smiles a quick hello